0: Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome back to part two. Benny's staying with us for a while. We'll also be discussing the rugby championship. I don't know why, not a lot happened at the weekend in that. We're talking about the Guinness Pro 14 action, and we'll be answering some of the social media questions as well. But first, we've got a very special guest on the line. His friend of the show, it's Ed Jackson.
1: Jacko, how are you?
2: Um, I'm, just actually, I'm just actually on the... On the side of the M6, I'm on the way back down from seeing the Hambo. You know, to living centre.
0: Oh, mate, it's a, it's a good spot, isn't it?
2: Yeah, unbelievable spot. It's nice to see him on, oh, on such good form as well.
0: And, Ed, we had you on last year, uh, last season, and since then you got married, mate. I'm really sorry I couldn't make the wedding. I um, was probably a bit busy then. <laughs> um, so congratulations on that.
2: Cheers, mate. Invite got lost in the post, I think.
0: But more importantly, um, how was that
1: stag in Ibiza? Yeah, it was...
2: Um, suitably loose and that I'll leave it I'll leave it there
1: and the end I saw some whatsapp stuff but no no, no nothing I didn't see anything <laughs> tell us about the uh, the challenge that you just completed mate you know, I'll leave it over to you because it's uh, you watch the videos you watch uh, what everyone's saying it's been unbelievably inspirational again
2: yeah well obviously it all started off with Snowden and um, the thinking behind that was just to give me something to aim for because I was doing only 6-8 hours of rehab a day but I didn't have that focus that goal to aim for like when you're playing you're always ...trying to get fit for a game or the next season or probably in your case, Goody, trying to get fit so you can go on holiday. Thank you. But, so we
0: uh, can breathe, you mean? Just so we yeah, can breathe?
2: So we yeah, so <laughs> can survive another month. But sort of the other benefits that came out of it were that I managed to, I'm managing to pay back the charities that have supported me. You know, the Matt Foundation has been involved, Tom Maynard Trust, but mostly it's been Restart Rugby. And uh, the other benefits of it were we, I asked if anyone wanted to come along three or four people would come, but ended up with 70 of us up, up Snowden. So it was just all the people I met on the day and seeing the difference it made for them doing something as a team, accomplishing something. So we just decided we'd carry on doing that. Just so happened Restart have this Alpine Challenge every year anyway. This year they were climbing up Montbouet in France, which is um 10,000-foot peak. It's pretty full-on. It, ty- it was three times higher than Snowden, so really didn't know how hard it was going to be. And I can tell you, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. We ended up walking for 17 hours getting up at five in the morning but another amazing experience And i think because it was so difficult it was actually um it was better because i i didn't think i was capable of that this time around so, you know snowed i was quietly confident that i'd do it if i'd have known what i was doing this time around i didn't i didn't think i was gonna be able to do that so it's pushed pushed the boundaries on for me personally as well but we sort of raised forty uh, raised over 45 grand to restart so yeah all all good really and as i said to you before goody actually um when I spoke to you during the week, it was a lot of guilt-free sugar, which was quite nice. I had about five, pa- five pack of Haribo, so you might have actually quite enjoyed it.
1: Every day is guilt-free sugar for me. I don't care. Fair enough. Uh, but Ed, how are
0: things now? Again, obviously I mentioned it earlier that we had you on last season. You talked about your recovery process and where you were at, and you might have maximised um, that process. Are you still seeing any gains now? Do you, do you think you'll, you'll make much more of a recovery from where you're at
3: now?
2: Well, look, I've still, got, I've still got issues, you know, I started to wear a foot splint, I'm still hobbling around like Quasimodo half the time, and I've still got, you know, other, the underlying issues that people don't see, you know, your bladder and bowel stuff, and your temperature regulation, and all those neurological things that do affect your day-to-day life, but they are still improving, I mean, there's no way I could have completed that climb four months ago when I climbed Snowden. it was like three times as hard, so it's still happening, and I am still moving in the right direction, but... The main thing is, I mean, you know, I'm in a good place mentally. I'm getting a lot back from the charity work I'm doing. Um, I'm starting to do a bit more media work, uh doing a bit more bit of stuff for Channel Four this season for the European Cup, so I'm really looking forward to that. Just sort of ducking and diving and trying to avoid getting a real job like you boys do, right? <laughs> Exactly <laughs> that.
1: Uh, and you're heading out to Nepal next month, aren't you, to set up a spinal unit over there. Um how's all that going, buddy?
2: Yeah, that's right. The focus now moves on to um to Nepal, which I'm really excited about, somewhere I've always wanted to go anyway. Working with a charity called Neverest but also in conjunction with Restart Rugby as well. I'm sort of putting a group of players together that are in transition, Joe Carlyle, Ollie Barkley, Sam Jones, um, Alex Rose, you know, and we're going to run some fundraisers throughout the year, going out there in October. Um, to see what needs to be done how much money needs to be raised and then we'll do a year's worth of fundraising culminating in a big climb in the himalayas at the end of 2019 so yeah all exciting stuff looking forward to it ed
3: it's benny k um just wanted to i was obviously i was sat in the room when restart uh were, were talking about your injury and, and and how we could help and everything i just wanted to from your perspective what what happened how, how did how did restart help you
2: well, hi, Ben. I didn't realise you were there. But... <laughs> Sorry, oh, mate, we, was, we were scraping the barrel this week, mate. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. No, well, you know, they got involved really early. You know, the RPA, I think it was week two or three, Rich Brian, who lives in Bristol, who's um, one of the guys down at the RPA, came in to see me and he said, look, Ed, I just want you to know that we're here for you and after you leave hospital or wherever we can, we'll make sure that you get what you need to make the best possible recovery. And, you know, I, there's, like, this, you know, common misconception that I've had, like, different treatment to everyone else from the start. And, um, you know, the first three months of my rehab were completely under the NHS, you know, whilst I was still in hospital. So they did an amazing job as well. The surgeon saved my life, basically. And I, they actually got me back to standing, not walking, or before I left hospital. But since then, you know, the involvement of Restart has been priceless. I mean, them telling me that after two weeks meant that I could relax about... I wouldn't have to sell my house I am not have to worry about all those sort of things and it just felt like I had a team of people behind me it wasn't just me getting better there was a lot of people getting better you know willing me on and then since I've left since I've left obviously they've been supporting my rehab which has been amazing you know I've had access to some unbelievable physios I'm still working with a lot of the rugby physios as well and now I continue to work with the RPA and restart raising awareness for spinal cord injuries, transition outside the game, but also, you know, they've become good friends and I do these challenges with people and um, they help me in a lot more ways than just financially towards my rehab. Um, And I'm pleased to say I've, you know, managed to pay them most of the money back that they've, they've given me and I plan on you know, paying them all that money back and, and a lot more. So, yeah, they, they've been amazing. And, you know, the fact they came in so early and offered me and my family that sort of emotional support, that was the main thing, really. It's not been the financial support. It's been that emotional support from them.
1: Mate, it's amazing, Jackie You're an absolute legend. Um, thanks for your time, buddy. Uh, and we'll catch up soon. Look forward to watching you on the side of the field on the Pro 14 and the Challenge Cup as well, buddy. Channel 4, get watching.
2: Cheers, lad. Cheers, Cheers uh, Thanks, Cheers, mate. mate.
1: So if you want to raise
0: money and help Jacko and Restart Rugby, uh, you can donate on the Just Giving page. So it's www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward
1: slash Ed's Alpine Challenge. Amazing. And Benny, you're a big part of Restart. As you said, Dennis. he's a a real inspiration, isn't he? You look at what he's achieved in such a short space of time. I mean, I couldn't walk up Snowden.
3: Well, yeah, I'm on the board of trustees for Restart and that is exactly why we do it. it it's, it's to help rugby players, former rugby players, when life deals them a really shitty blow, get back onto their feet. And and might be an injury like this, uh, we helped Paul Zanderflit at uh, Newcastle, and obviously recently passed away. But we adapted his house um, so that he could live comfortably at home in, in his final sort of couple of years, and, and helped him with a bit of the treatment. It, it's just being there as a, as a safety blanket for people, and, and there's a big thing at the moment with um, mental illness awareness, and particularly people coming out of rugby and transitioning, or even people within rugby who traditionally in a, in a you know macho game like rugby might not have said anything we're now actually able to help these people and it's vitally important and just hearing ed there there was no question about supporting him all we wanted to do was to give him that peace of mind by saying look there's the money for the first um the tranche of of of, uh, rehab after you leave the nhs is, is care and uh the message came back saying he couldn't be more grateful and he's promised to pay back every penny and and that yeah you know, that's what's great about it just rugby players have always helped each other out all the fans you know, have a great relationship with rugby players and they help out and it do, it's that circle that, that just looks after each other
0: And that's where the funding's coming from Is it so, so it's self-funded, it's obviously a it's charity
3: self-funded um, so the, uh, the Restart are the beneficiary of the RPA so they're connected but they're separate if you know what I mean so the RPA awards it benefits uh, Restart Rugby but obviously they do uh, fundraising events like the challenge that Ed was just talking about and it all, is all self-funded the issue we have is is I think we're just scratching the surface of mental awareness and mental illness awareness in sport. One in four people in the general community have that, so that would be the same in rugby, if not worse, because of the pressures you're under and the fact that you know when you when you finish playing rugby, you've probably always been that big kid that plays rugby or you know whatever, and and, and you, you lose your identity a bit. And I think a lot of rugby players almost have a, a period of grief because they're thinking, well, what am I now? I'm I'm, I'm not the person I was, and and you know just being there, you know, that there have been people that haven't been able to cope with it, and, and there's been some very sad stories. And, and you know, the more we can stop that happening, the better.
0: It'd be great to chat more about that, wouldn't it? On another yeah. podcast, I'm Def- sure, because we've spoken about the mental health awareness yeah definitely as well.
1: Everyone have a look at Restart, it's a fantastic charity, and uh, people are doing some great work there. Yeah, so cheers, Benny. That's you, is it? That's me. he's out. Off. He's got to go and look after the kids. See, yeah. see, he's a good dad, Jim, so he'll go home for the kids, and I'll do the same. Have you got nannies, Benny? No, me neither. Have you got nannies?
0: Oh, has he got um, nannies? No, he's, got, he's got, two. got a nanny. Oh, 2 nanny. <laughs> <laughs> two nannies. got a one. One
3: for you and one for the kids. <laughs> Something like that, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but thanks for coming on, Benny. No problem. Um, it's good fun. Can you ask John if he wants to call? I know he listens. Yeah, yeah. I've, I know yep. he does. Yeah, He definitely downloads yeah. it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Definitely, mate. On his bike. He, yeah. has, a, he has a listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell him I was asking for him as well.
1: So, Jim, Friday Night Lights, was it? The Guinness Pro 14 commentating up in Edinburgh.
0: Um, yeah, I did commentary for Premier Sports TV. Good game? Yeah. But It was a good game, actually. It was Edinburgh 1-17-10. Uh, Cockers after the game, raging. And this is the thing, I'm new into commentary, right? So Connacht gave away a lot of penalties in the game. And I didn't really say anything. I think Connacht gave away 15, 16 penalties, maybe a couple more. And I didn't say anything about it in comments. So I thought, well, I don't really know what you can and can't say. Cockers after the game, gets the interview. He ain't happy. Really? He is not happy at Go all. On. Just said that the referee wasn't good enough. And he had a point, to be fair, because... So what happens in the Prem if, the, if, if uh, the ref goes to TMO? So he's got the TMO in his ear talking during instances if there's been foul play, potential forward passes and all the other bits. What else does the referee have access to? Uh, big screen. Big screen. So massive screen at Murrayfield. Yeah. Do you think the big screen came on when the, when the referee wanted it speaking to the TMO? Why? It didn't come on. No, he didn't have access to it. He couldn't say it. I don't know why. I don't know what the... I blame Scotland. Well, I don't, no, it's, it's not I'll Scotland. it's just blame Scotland. It's not It's Scotland. But I get it because, you know, it might be a Premier Sports TV thing. I don't know. Whatever it is, it needs adjusting, doesn't it? Because you can't have Gloucester-Bristol, for example, on a Friday night, and they've got access to everything because it's just important to have that in the Pro 14 as well. So I got what Cockrell was saying in terms of the quality of refereeing from what he's used to in the Premiership, what we're seeing internationally, which is very good, even though they've got a tough job, to 15 penalties, one yellow card for Connor and Edinburgh couldn't get going. Anyway, more talking points. Munster, 49, Ospreys, 13. Hosed. Hosed. Munster had a good team out. They made a load of changes uh, from the week before. O'Mahony? O'Mahony? O'Mahony. O'Mahony. He was back for them. Tad Byrne, who was on on the show last year, he made his starting debut. But Ospreys, they made about 12 changes. Won their first two games... They're like, right, Munster away. Absolutely no chance. Send the shags. We're making, yeah. Send the mixed veg. 12 <laughs> changes. And it's one of them where the coach thinks Alan Clark come out before and was like, it's fine. Got trust in my squad. You're making 12 changes, he's right? He's got to say that. Yeah, though, but he it? has got to say that. But they've gone there and they've had 50 put on them. Ugh. They've had 50 points put on them by a very good Munster team who were desperate to win in Cork. And he's come out after and said, oh, I messed up. And again, like, you know, fair play. The, the coach has taken it. But you know what it's like as a player... Oh, here's your opportunity you and the rest of the mixed veg go and do the best i never go played get... the mixed fetch. you're talking about yourself again <laughs> ch- yeah it's when sorry sent, sent us to Quinston play we were like we've got no chance here <laughs> have we at all uh, so that was a big talking point of the weekend the other big talking point was Dragons getting absolutely spank doodled by Leinster we know Leinster are very good what's going on at Dragons I mean, they won one game so last week they won the, the one this was going to
1: be their year you know big gab they've got Moriarty there they've made some decent signs Corey songs. Hill in the second row as well Matt I don't know call you British Lion. Yep. (laughs) Should have been me. Dragons generally, and I think it's your fault, Jim, ever since you did the voiceover on Rugby Pass for that documentary, they've been (laughs) garbage. Mate, they have. What else have we got? Scarlet's beat Benetton, but Benetton doing
0: really well. They were sitting top of the log after two games in week two. So, I mean, 38-29, that's not a bad showing by Benetton, is it? Can we just go back to Italy and just, should we talk about Zebra? Zebras? Zebra's hosed the Cardiff Blues I'm, well I wouldn't say hosed it was two points in it Ulster yeah. Yeah. down in South African Southern Kings talking point out of that George Cooney again
1: uh, mate we make people on this podcast
0: have you seen Don't the we? scar on his head no he's now got a Mohican he's got a scar the size of your head uh, that's the Pro 14 roundup by Big Jim the absolute
1: legend the hero the commentator the media mastermind a media mastermind thank you wow let's talk about the rugby championship then shall we obviously two huge games at the weekend South Africa dust up the all blacks in Wellington. Mate, can't believe it. Big win for South Africa that oh, changes what? the landscape of world rugby. What a game. Did you watch it? Yeah. Was it was it as good Mate, as it sounded? Uh, uh, yes. And more. And this is my argument we were chatting about with Will Spencer earlier in the tackle. You have got two monstrously sized teams yeah. knocking ten balls of shit out of each other. Yeah. You know, you've got White Lock making tackles not fucking round the head and all that stuff. The defence, watching it, was unbelievable. And I watched it, it it's brutal. It was so intense, the, the hits, that people the bodies, I'm looking at it going, these boys are going to be carried off the field. They're ending each other that badly. And it was amazing to watch. Was that as good
0: as South Africa played, or was New Zealand really bad?
1: A bit of both, actually. Some quality bits of play from South Africa... As you call him Willie Lepu, but Willie Larue was
0: unbelievable. He is Willy Lagoo at the minute. He is Willie Lagoo, He is
1: Willy is Lagu- he was amazing. But the intensity that Safka defended with forced errors upon the All Blacks, yeah. the arrogant All Blacks, should we say? Well, they weren't taking. They could have taken a drop goal last play or Mate, last few play. Easiest drop goal anyone will ever go for. You've got a ruck. On the try line, pretty much. A metre out. Could have put him in the pocket. Straight in front of the sticks. But Bowden Barrett, the best player in the world for the last two years, has kicked two out of six off the tee. They weren't even thinking about the drop goal you see the one that come off the post and bounce back into his hands. Yeah. They weren't even thinking about the drop goal, but credit South Africa. That was, you know, they're in the same World Cup pool as well. Um, so that's, you know, obviously that's going to reverberate around uh, for the future. And That's my, nay good. That's nay good, for, nay South good for South Africa. South Africa. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just goes to show everyone's got the All Blacks on this pedestal and rightly so because they are the best international rugby team by a distance, to be fair, over most teams. Uh, Ireland will have something to say about that, obviously. South Africa now will have something to say about that, but they're fallible. They are mortal. Yeah. That's what I first thought when
0: before I got my first cut on my head. I was like, I am immortal. Scottish. Then, then I saw my first bit of
1: blood. I was like, actually, I am human. But yeah, no, it was, it was really bizarre, actually, as a game. And it's, it's like the All Blacks. They just want to score tries, which is great. But also, you know, taking the points when they're on offer. Just the basic things about, you know, winning World Cups. And you can see All Blacks have won the last two World Cups. But with a team like Ireland... And it's a serious challenge now from other teams. You put them under the the intensity and the pressure that South Africa put them under at the weekend, and that's given everyone else hope. Yeah, we're only what are we a year out from the World Cup? Yeah, and they've been so dominant, but they do keep having these little blips. And unfortunately for the All Blacks, you know they're not going to pin the blame on Bowden Barrett. But it's Bowden Barrett's fault when when he gets all the praise. He got scores four tries against the Aussies. Everyone's like he's amazing. But tight game, you're two from six off the tee, and then you you've got an opportunity to win it with a drop goal. Everything's on the 10.
0: And in the other game, Australia-Argentina talking to 10s. Oh. Didn't
1: they have Kirtley Bill playing me old do? Yeah, bloody Bilo and Tamua. Mate, have you seen Israel Folau? No. At the end of the game? Last no. play of the game. Oh, my days. So Argentina were ahead, and fair play to Argentina. They were tough to play against. I
0: cannot believe Argentina won that game. And again, I haven't watched it. I've seen clips of the highlights and the aftermath and stuff, but I've not not seen it. How have Argentina uh, beating Australia?
1: Well, the Aussies... Mate, Hang
0: on. scotland put. 70 points on Argentina (laughs) in the summer. (laughs) Was it the same
1: team or not? I think Argentina under 20s played against Scotland's first team in the summer. No mate,
0: Argentina had a good team. Um, eh?
1: But no, like Befelli was good. Uh, Mate, they were tough to play against. What you'd expect from an Argentinian team. Aussies were Australian, just trying to run everything and you know thinking that it was going to happen but they were off their game but they still should have won it. Israel Falau, easiest 2v1 you've ever seen to win the game or the last play and he's got uh, Bernard Foley outside him he's tried to step and do the goose Mate, wouldn't you if he had
0: Foley outside you would be like he's shite he ain't Mate, getting it
1: Foley's got to catch it and put it down it's that easy there's no one on him and he stepped inside and got absolutely smoked and knocked, knocked the ball on and that's Israel Folau who has uh, said a lot of things on Twitter and Instagram that divide opinion shall we say uh, Amen, Amen. Oh, it's been interesting off, off the back of it um, you know there's the issue after the game with the fan getting involved we'll come to that later in the good the bad and the ugly but checker potentially I'm under pressure I don't think anything's going to happen we're a year out from the World Cup Yeah, but he is he divides opinion I, I like Checker I like him
0: I don't know why. Mm. He tried to sign me for Stade Frontier and offered me 30 grand a month. That's why I like him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. It, I mean, Marilyn Desmond now, who I absolutely despise, he's the... Is why, he do you, the why do you despise he him? He was the Montpellier coach. Yeah, You have what, seen him? anything like it. You think you've got big boobs. You want to see him, <laughs> mate. That's all I'm saying. And that isn't why I dislike so, him. So, he was your
1: coach as well. You hate him. Yeah, it was them
0: two. What's in, wrong with in, in, De- Judas, mate. So, he was Just obviously... Ledesma was... Underchecker, wasn't he? he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was scrum coach. Yeah. That's what, that's what he was at. For the Australians? But, yeah. And then did he go. The Hagawanas? No, 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 sorry. I think before Argentina, he was doing something with Melbourne. Anyway, he was or Waratahs, yeah. even, sorry. Yeah, so he left Montpellier, which a lot of people were surprised at. But, you know, for Argentinian rugby, which I thought, having watched that game in the summer, I was like, wow, they could be on the way out of here. But uh, they're back, eh? They're, they're back, eh? Good weekend
1: the Ruggers, Goody. It was amazing. And it's, you know, it's great to see. I really wish Andy Rowe was here today. I reckon he's deliberately not here because <laughs> yeah, the All exactly. Blacks lost. But yeah. the All Blacks losing at home. Take the three boys. Take the drop goal. Take the penalties. They're, they're, there was a, they were, I think they were seven points down with about seven or eight minutes to go. And they've got a penalty straight in front of the sticks, five yards out. You know to win the game you've got to score twice. Yeah, Take the easy kick. Villarru gets Simbin at the same time. So then you've got seven minutes to score a try to win the game Against fourteen, but I don't know. Oh so no, they went for the scrum and fucked it up. Yeah. So, so they are they're fallible. They're fallible. Love yeah. it. Great weekend of, of international ruggers down in the southern hemisphere.
0: Goody. Let's talk a little bit about social media. Let's. What you got? You got anything from
1: social media? Well, we've had loads of questions come in, but the one thing that's um, interested me on social media over the last couple of days, Mrs. Julian Severe Or Fatima Severe, as she's known. Was that a name? That is name. That? So she's known as that. That's her name. Fatima Savaya, yeah. As an as a name is she. So obviously Julian Savaya's over here playing for Toulon now. Who Toulon are right now an absolute shambles of a team. Yeah. Um, with the world stars they've got, they are a shambles. Didn't I, I see a worldly try from them at the weekend? Yeah, they got hosed by thirty points away at Stade Français. <sighs> anyway, um, she has gone on social media. That's just some of the comments that you that you're writing. If this is your missus, right? And let's not forget. Julian Sevier is over here at Toulon, earning way more than he was back in New Zealand. That's number one reason why he's here. Yeah. Let's not make any bones about it. That is the truth. I went to France for way more money than I was on at Leicester. How much? Jim, you went to... Montpellier for a lot. Exactly. <laughs> you, you go in there for the cash, and you deal with certain things, right? I didn't. People that go, oh, I'm going for the life experience. No, you're not. Because you wouldn't go there for the life experience on half the cash that you're on at your club. So, here we are. Anyway, she's... <laughs> Fatima severe has tweeted, Rugby on this side of the world is very behind... I feel Julian's pain out there on the field. Well, feel his bank balance because he is cashing <laughs> it
0: in. Show us your mulgy handbag. Morgry, sorry.
1: And that's the thing. And then she's put, when you can see the frustration on your husband's face, I swear this team doesn't know how to pass. About your own team. Oh. You've got to tell your missus, come on. You can't be tweeting things like that. So I presume he's not getting the ball. Give Sevier the ball. <laughs> and then she's put, these refs are a joke. Some different. Tweets well, she's and, right about that. Yeah, she's I mean, right the French are a French joke, but it's a tricky situation, isn't it? Because free speech and all that stuff. But she's directly attacking the players that her husband's playing with, saying they can't pass. You know, I know they are poor, but it's just amazing. You can't say to you, Mrs. Don't have a voice. But and think about this as a listener, right? If your wife or your girlfriend, or if you're a female listener, your husband or your boyfriend starts having a rant and rave directly about your work in this open sphere of social media, I don't see the upside. Well,
0: my Mrs. Beck, my, my Mrs. My wife, <laughs> my wife, Beck, was going to tweet last week and say
1: that I should have been hosting and not you. Well, uh, you were going to make a tweet, where you? Mate, you've got to let her have her own voice, mate.
0: I have, talking about own voices and Twitter spats... Someone's tweeted in. Go on. Good friend of the show, and we're a big fan of hers, Georgie Bingham. Yes, has uh, tweeted in, and you—you you didn't have a Twitter spat. You had a, an argument, oh, a disagreement. Discre- about, disagreement about, about Serena, Serena Williams. Williams. Anyway, yeah. that,
1: that's old news. And Serena Williams still defending herself about this is leave equality. it, Goody. Leave it. You're wrong, Serena.
0: Leave it. This is new news. So Georgie's um, tweeted in a very good one actually, because there's some big news come out of the England camp today. So England women's contracts, as reported today, Monday. Do you think it's a good enough commitment from the RFU, from what they've done?
1: Yeah, I mean, they've um, announced that they're contracting an EPS squad. But they've uh, not given a term of length, have they? They've just said
0: that the contracts are there for the for the that foreseeable is. future.
1: Yes, they're, they're contracting 28 players and I think, the 1st of Jan, 2019. And there's all sorts of different arguments you can have with this. First and foremost, you look at the RFU, they've made mistakes. I think they've made mistakes previously with women's rugby in terms of the whole split between... Just given sevens contracts, then taking all the fifteens contracts away. So they've, they've, by doing this, they've kind of admitted what they've done before was wrong, and now they are contracting twenty-eight players. And I think there's, it'll end up being about thirty-six players with some other people as well in total. And that's a step in the right direction. You know, people are going to say, right, well, how much are they getting paid, and what's the term? The bottom line is, the RFU, whatever they've done before, they've now announced that they're contracting them, making them fully professional, which can only be a benefit to those. Um, ladies that are are in the EPS squad. And it also gives a driver to a lot of the other women, so that's where I want to get to. Um, And it's now a pathway. You can be a full-time professional International women's rugby player, and um, you know, there's obviously going to be the disparity argument between the men and the women, and the money in the women's game compared to the men's game. So yeah, it's a it's a positive step in the right direction, and it, and it can only improve the standard and, and the level that women are performing at. Because ultimately, and I think uh, the RFU have come out and said that they want the women's team to be the best team in the world, like they want the men's team to be the best team in the world. And you know, there's a lot of cuts going on at the RFU. So if, um, in terms of financial cuts, people have lost their jobs in other areas. So it's it's a positive thing for the women's game um, to be century contracted they're going to base themselves and train at Bisham Abbey as well So they've got a fantastic facility there so hopefully it can start the uh, a bit of a snowball effect and the game can grow accordingly and you know, the standard of women's rugby has, has gone through the roof over the last few years uh, with you know you, you look at Nolly Waterman and people like that who are trying to be full time professional people and players and a lot of the work that's gone on previously has enabled this to happen and uh, you know, it can only be a good thing. Definitely.
0: So big shout out to Georgie Bingham from We Talk love Sport. Georgie. We yeah, love Georgie She's Bingham. very good
1: at the weekend. She's awesome. Very good Sport. golfer as well. Really? Yeah, I played golf with her a couple of times. Really good friend of yours. Yep, she is. Oh really? She
0: actually is. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Just a bit of social media bickering. So we've got another couple of questions. We've got one of Connor. Worst smelling player you've ever played with? While well, I'm sat next to him. Oh, so, mate, yeah. oh, no,
1: no, no, let's be honest. Tell it. your breath that. What have you been eating? Mate, are you dreaming? Do you think you look smell good? Sta- mate, I, yeah, well, mate. Look at
0: the state of me. I don't look good,
1: but I smell great. My missus tells me I smell beautiful every day. She says, you look horrendous. <laughs> but she goes, at least you, you, your breath's minty fresh and you smell nice. Um, worst play- smelling player I ever played with? You know, talking
0: about smelly smelly we both, players... We both play with one. So on a Tuesday afternoon, or a Tuesday morning, sorry, at rugby clubs, what usually goes on is so it's unit session. So the backs go and throw a ball around, start giggling and do some grubby kicks. The forwards get a proper hard session, right? So it's units, scrums and mauls. And so you, you probably can do anything, up to 50 scrums on the machine, live scrums, practising. So I scrummage on the right-hand side, the tight-hand side, basically the powerhouse. So you think 50 scrums, your shoulder is on the prop, the tight-head prop's arse. Arse! Arse! After 50 scrums of sweat, tell the smell of the arse that on your shoulder. You ain't ever smelt anything like that. Oh, no,
1: it. I, I absolutely haven't. Petrus Duplessis. Really? hanging. Him
0: and Juan Figalo. Oh! So smelly bums. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so smelly bums. They put it down to a lot of hair. So I'd say the majority of tight props for me. Really? Stinky.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd have to be a front row. Um... Michael Holford was Holford was a disgusting animal, yeah, wasn't he? he had half a finger. He lost half his finger in the door. Yeah, he absolutely stank. Um, one of the... I, I used to have to get changed next to him, actually, when I was playing in Brieve. If you Google this guy, uh, his name was Pascal Idiader. Pascal Idiot? Pascal Idiader, right. He... Um, do you remember the movie Borat? Yeah. Uh, and Borat's uh, counterpart, his agent, whatever, Azamat Bagatov, when they did the running around the hotel naked and... Do you remember that scene? Yeah, yeah. So Pascal de Adair, clothes off, looked exactly like Barat's agent, Azamat Bagatoff. But that doesn't mean he smells. No. When you look at someone that looks that bad, made me feel great about myself every day. I, I change next to him. But then the fact that he didn't shower on top of it, he absolutely reeked. And then another one in France, actually. Jawa Judy. Do you remember him? Hooker. Played at Gloucester for a while, actually. No. Before your time. Again, another one. Used to sit there bollock naked in the changing room, stinking wouldn't shower, uh, smoking in the changing rooms. I was like, drag on that. <laughs> no, I wasn't, but he'd sit there, bollock naked, smoking in the changing rooms. I was like, Jared, you going to have a shower? He's like, no, Andy, I uh, ride my bike home. The breeze freshened me up. He obviously <laughs> oh, put some clothes on. I was just like, oh, yeah, disgust him. So now, like, I'm looking at you, you know,
0: genuinely, you know, you have a shower? Yeah. Like you're washing your armpits and yeah, your know, armpits. Yeah. I've got a system that goes on. Do you have to lift the belly up now and do that crease <laughs> or not? Do, do, are you Jim, at that stage? you've had a
1: cesarean, so I don't know what you want on about.
0: All right, mate. Uh, so we've got one last one. Uh, we've got Matthew Revel. Which three current or former players would you have asked over for a dinner party and which three would you definitely not? We'll run through this quickly. Give a couple, Goody. Definitely Josh Cromfeld. He was at Leicester. We should have spoken about him with really? Benny K. Yeah. Loved, just loved, the, just so cool. So bizarre. So bizarre. What, he's bizarre? He was a bit bizarre. Yeah, I, I, th- I loved yeah. him. I thought he was Out there. cool. He had really long arms. He was just like, cool tattoo. Great player. He was our captain, actually, so I'd definitely have him over. Francois Pina, spoke to him a couple of times. Just iconic figure. Just like myself, like he's like the ninety-seven are version. Are you comparing of the, yourself yeah. to Francois? Which is similar, just in terms oh of icons. My God. So I'd have him over. You are deluded. Uh, so there'd be my two. I might think of another couple when you're. I have got to have someone that's. I, you know, I've got to have Charlie Sharples because he's ugly. Because then my missus wouldn't be looking at everyone else. She'd be <laughs> like thinking, "Yeah, I'm a good looking in in that group." Uh, Pinard's a good looking bloke. Yeah,
1: I'd have to. I don't know whether I'd invite him, but I definitely want him to be the chef. Danny Hipkiss. He was an unbelievable cook. He was. He still is. He, st- he, probably, still he, is. St- he probably still is. He probably still is. Probably still- I wouldn't invite him to sit around the table because he was yeah. boring as hell. Good bloke. But he, did. just he didn't invite like me. Did he not? No. Told me when he was drunk. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't think many people do like <laughs> you, well, there we go. It's just Joe Marla hates you. Um, Can we stop talking about that? Yeah, bloke? Joe, what a legend. Uh, so Danny Hipkiss would be the chef. Um,
0: who wouldn't I invite? Who were the worst three people in your life in Ruggers? Richard Hill, you said that's one. No, Hillie was all right, to be fair. You said you hated him. Well, I We didn't see eye to eye, but... Uh, Cipriani, so you definitely wouldn't invite Cipriani. Mate, I love Sips him. I, I, maybe
1: he'd be mine. Cips not get on, mate. I don't mate, know what you're on you about. said you hated him on the, the Never podcast. Never said that. Never said that. It's libelous. <laughs> I'll tell you someone I wouldn't invite, actually. Go on. Uh, Dave Ward. You know the Harlequins hooker? Why? Absolute chopper when I played against him. So he, he was at Cornish Pirates. Year yeah, ago. but that doesn't mean he's no, playing no, no. against you. No, okay, two right, reasons. So right. absolute chopper. Um, he was playing for Cornish Pirates. Uh, I was playing for Worcester, and he tried to. So we're. we're this is in the Championship days at Worcester. The, the big time. The highlights of my career. Playing Cornish Pirates at home, we're winning by about twenty points or whatever. Five minutes to go. We've got a rock in our own twenty-two. I'm stood in the pocket. I'm only going to wallie it. Cause I'm thinking, right, let's get on the smashing Cheltenham that night. In the pocket, gone to Wellier. He has two-foot lunged me, trying to break my leg. Massive brawl kicks off. Why? Because he's a knob. Honestly, I can dig the video up from somewhere. Yeah. Two-foot slide tackle, boom, tries to go for my standing leg. Marcel Garvey... The elephant man. Absolutely absolutely fills him in. Does he? Yeah. Flies in, boom, 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 like you've never seen. Marcel was quick, running. Fists just as quick. Really? Uh, Absolutely owned him. And then, to back that up, Dave Ward. We played, uh, I was at Newcastle, came out of retirement. Do you remember that? Have I spoken about that before? Mate, just get on with the backstory. Okay. Uh, so we played Quinn's up at Kingston Park and it was my, was it my first game? Second game it was, out of retirement on the bench. We're losing to Quinns. Losing by about 12 points with about 20 to go. Bring the big lad off the bench, don't they? Kick three from three. We end up scoring a try to win it. And I go up to him after the game. He's just walking around shaking people's hands. And you shake everyone's hand, right, from the opposition. Yeah. You walk that line. You know, there's that imaginary line. It's not an imaginary line. It's a line now where just go down and shake everyone's hand. Wardy walks past me, put my hand out to shake his hand. Wouldn't shake my hand. So I've got a video of it. I follow him. I was like, Wardy, on the field, shake your hand. And then... uh so I chased. I walked after him. My hand out. Wouldn't shake my hand. He go. You can fuck off, Goody. You said I should have got Simbin the other week when you commentated. I was like that, mate. Get over yourself.
0: Can I cancel? A- for, can I cancel Francois Pina from mine and bring <laughs> Dave Ward onto, onto my table, please?
1: <laughs> so, Jim, should we go to the rumour? Yeah, why not? Mate? Do, you have, do you have any good rumours? Well, you, like, you like
0: a spicy rumour, mate? Well, it's all true as well. So, Ebenezer Beth. It what, is good. What about to, his arms? His armour. Have you seen his other arm? He's got one big arm, one small arm. This was going to be my point. He had a really bad nerve damage, I think, in his shoulder or his neck. I was with Robbie Fleck in Hong Kong, and he said he's really struggled to get back. And there weren't question marks over him getting back or not. But anyway, he's back. I think his right arm looks massive. His left arm is still bigger than my leg. (laughs) It's good to see him back. But Toulon, interested, of course they are. Of course they are. Um, Eben, please do not go to Toulon. Please. Please don't. Toulon are in a real mess at the moment. They are. Anyway, so they're they're the room. Victor Vito, commentated on the... Uh, La Rochelle Perpignan game he was the one shining light Capitano of La Rochelle El Capitano what did I say it's not in Spain it's French (laughs) the captain Le Le Capitain uh, uh, Le
1: Capitain uh, to Bristol potentially and I've I've got got one for you though your mate you know you you always talk about who's ugly who's good looking and you say this bloke is one of the ugliest blokes you've ever played with who's that Stuart Hogg oh he is ugly there you go you've said it Montpellier going to the top 14 I can see it you can I can he's going to have to take the factor 50 with him
0: isn't he 100% 100% and he's told, he's told me off for getting stuck into him about his his hair roots well, you've, not, mate you just called him ugly did I you just said he's one of the ugliest blokes I've ever played with <laughs> I can't believe you said that to he's a lovely bloke he's a top guy by the way uh, I can see him going quality player any team in France I'd, please 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 don't go to Toulon Hockey Montpellier yeah. maybe but they've struggled this season
1: yeah Anyone else? Don, Don Arm- Armand? Yeah, about Don Armand. Maybe the top 14. Um, do you know what? Don Armand, how, it, we'll see if uh, Eddie Jones picks him on Thursday. He's quality and Exeter, extra really appreciate him. But You love him. I love him. I love it. He's a brilliant player. He should have been playing for England week in, week out over the last 18 months. Uh, well, not week in, week out. So they don't play every week, but he should have been in that squad all the time, pushing, pushing, pushing to play six or seven. Um,
0: uh, Rumours of the top 14? We have a couple more. Ali Surveyor,
1: big fan of him. To poo. I mean to Poe? <laughs> um, yeah, well, there's one The, the one that I heard, actually. Go on. A guy leaving, potentially leaving Harlequins. Oh. Lewis Boyce, potentially leaving Harlequins. All right. Going to a club in the Midlands. Big do club
0: it, Big club or a little club?
1: A big club oh, in the Midlands. Oh, he's to Leicester, is he? I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> big club in the Midlands, Lewis Boyce. Leicester. Gone. There we go. There's the room mill for you.
0: Shall we get into it? Let's do it. It's my favourite part of the show. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's brought to you this week by Budgie Smuggler. Budgies. Oh, we were there at the weekend with Budgie Smuggler, weren't we? Oh, what a Saturday. We haven't spoken about no, it. No, we yet, haven't, have we? no.
1: Yeah, so we were. it was the hashtag ordinary rig finale. The final, the 10 most ordinary rigs in the UK, uh, as voted for by the Budgie Boys, the Budgie Smuggler Boys. Brought them all down to London. They had a night on the chop on Friday night that we. Wisely avoided because you were working. Facilitated. Uh, yeah. And then Saturday, we met on the boat on the Thames at the yacht. The yacht club. Just by uh, Temple. Kicked off at about, I had my first point at what, half one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we were there to basically to facilitate the Budgie Smuggler guys finding the most ordinary rig of the UK. And the top three get to go to the Ashes of Ordinary in Sydney. Yep. Manly, same place, to compete for the um, world
1: title. I'm, I'm, I might go and coach them out there. Really? Little weekend in yeah. uh, Sydney. Fancy? I, I,
0: I'm not on the stage yet to even think about drinking <laughs> another pint at the minute. Maybe. Oh my!
1: God. We put some uh, some beers down us at the weekend. I was in a world of pain. Well,
0: it got to the point where there was a few beers drank, and I've hosted the event, and I've dressed up for the occasion. And after 15 pints, I find myself as we're judging the final three. I'm that drunk. I'm on stage in a pair of budgie smugglers.
1: <laughs> it was horrendous. I looked amazing, and I was in. Uh, I much. was the head judge, and I thought, no, I'm not gonna not gonna get my b- budgies on. Yeah. It's all about. It wasn't about me and you, Jim. But you made it about you again, didn't you? it, may, it wasn't meant to be about me. I made it, it about the 15 pints and all the burgers that I had. Oh, my. In trouble with the missus. Supposed to be going to uh, dinner on Saturday night. Friends dinner, birthday. Just didn't make it. Did you blame me? Uh, yeah. It's always Jim's fault. If in doubt, blame Jim. So um, that brings us on to the good, the bad, and the ugly goody. What you got? Um, yeah, plenty of good, actually. Um, we'll start off in the premiership. And a big shout-out to two wingers with names beginning with S. Charlie Sharples and David Strettle both scored their 50th Premiership tries at the weekend. Um, Charlie Sharples, uh, he's uh, in some sparkling form. Very odd-shaped head, though, has not he? Yeah, he has. yeah. Very odd-shaped head. Yeah. What were you saying about him earlier? He's not the best-looking bloke ever, is he? He's a pretty good-looking bloke. You said get him to dinner, (laughs) because my missus wouldn't look at him, because he's ugly. That's not on, Jim. You're out of order. Um... And then sticking with the Premiership, you've got to mention Exeter and Saracens. Uh, Exeter beating Sale, 35-18. And Saracens winning away at Saints, as they always do. But they both had perfect starts to the season. Three games, three victories, three bonus point wins. Um, Talking about Gloucester and Charlie Sharples, let's go to Jake Paledri. What a unit. Called it. Called it from the start. What a player. He was just going around. He's a one-man wrecking ball with the ball in hand and defensively. He's done that since day have Smoking people for fun. Anyway, he's 22 years of age. How should have waited for England. How wise is Conor O'Shea? Very. Getting him in early. And uh, the commentators were talking about it. Does he fit into Eddie Jones's mould? Well, clearly not, but. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's a bit like you, Jim. You, you know, you couldn't play for England, you weren't good enough, so you went and played for Scotland. He could play. He's good enough to play six now for England, but he's already played for Italy, so exactly. he's. he's
0: He could be the difference for Italy, I think. He's that good, because say now, unfortunately, 35, he's injured again with a calf. Paledri's
1: the one. Yeah. Um, A little bit of Pro 14 then, so Glasgow and Ulster, both unbeaten in the Pro 14. That's pretty good. We'll go to the Southern Hemisphere. We'll go to the Argentinians, beaten Australia 23-19. First win in Australia since 1983. How about that? I was one. Unbelievable by Argentina. Australia butchered a few chances, but the Argentinians hung in hard and fast and won the game. Uh, But there's only one... Dude, for me this week, and it's the fact that the South Africans gone over to Wellington after a fairly abject performance last week in Australia. No one thought they could beat the All Blacks in Wellington, uh, and they took them down, they hosed them down. Didn't hose them, they won by two points, but um, it was an unbelievable performance by the South Africans. It's rocked the world of rugby. Everyone expects the All Blacks to always win at home, and it's the first team, apart from the Lions, to beat. The All Blacks in New Zealand since 2009. Coming up to 10 years. That's good. Um, So, yeah, pretty good. And so South Africa this week, get the good. Uh, The bad. There's a few bad bits. We'll start in France. Grenoble and Perpignan, both teams promoted to the top 14 last year. Both played four, lost four. Long old season for those boys. And then you talk about it in the premiership. Worcester played three, lost three. Yeah could have won all three games. Yeah, they could have won that. all three games. And it's going to be really interesting for me because another part of bad this week for me is Bristol, the way they played against Gloucester. You look at it on paper and they're chucking it around from everywhere and everyone's like, oh, it's great to see some brilliant attack. But you've got to choose when's the right time to attack, when's the time to boot it. And it's going to be a really interesting battle, I think, for relegation this year. Bristol carry on the way they're doing. They're going to get hosed in a few games and those energy levels are just going to keep on sinking. Worcester, on the other hand, they just need to get a victory. But again, they lost at home to Newcastle. Not looking good for them. Uh Toulon in France. What a shambles. Four games in, they've only won one, and that was against Cast when they shouldn't have won because the ref had a shocker at the end. We gave him the bad last week. Cardona, but Toulon got hosed up in Paris. Montpellier as well. They got yeah. hosed fifty five thirteen at Lyon. Yeah. The French league's mental, isn't it? Crazy. Um what else was bad? Israel Falau over in Australia. Two V one to win the game. Don't be a hero, just pass it. Do the simple things well, Israel. Stop going on uh, Instagram as well, talking about God. But yes, so he butchered the uh, 2v1 with Bernard Foley to win it. Absolute crowbar. But the bad this week, we give him the good quite a bit on here. Tell me it's Marler. It is not Joe Marler. Oh. The bad this week, Bowden Barrett. Two out of six off the tee. Could have gone for the drop goal to win it. Doesn't even think about it. Cost the All Blacks the game. The bad this week, Bowden Barrett. Wow. Wow, You've got to name and shame these these boys. Mate, we speak frankly here, especially you. And then the ugly. There's two ugly, ugly scenes at the weekend and they're both directly involving fans. The first one, which isn't the ugly, but it's still ugly. I was watching a bit of the Stade Francais too long game. Yeah. And McAlew, you know the big back rower for Stade Francais. Yeah. Bit of a push and shoving match going on towards the end of the game. His brother runs out of the stands carrying a flag and starts getting involved in the melee on the field. Not... Not right by the stand, like five, ten metres into the f- field of play. You're joking. Uh, th- I mean that's ugly. What what flag's he carrying? He's carrying a staff front, like, say pink flag. But the worst bit about it is he's come on, he's got I think he's got like white jogging bottoms on, a bum a black bum bag, a white t shirt, <laughs> he's bigger than me, and he's got flip flops on with socks. Really? Really ugly oh, scenes. Oh, that's as good, maybe he's German. <laughs> really ugly scenes. But what are you thinking? Your brother's playing, everyone's going to know who you are. You come on the field and start pushing Julian Surveyor around. Really? And some of the boys, you're like, oh, Man, how is that bad? That Muppet. should be good. That was ugly as, yeah, and it's just about fans. Oh, true. Listen, our fans listen to the pod, and we walk down the street, and, you're, and people are like, melt it, we really And then people say to me, Goody, the belly monster. Oh, we don't mind it. But in the field of play, when spectators are spectators, don't go on the field. What are you doing, you idiot? I need to look at that. That was pretty ugly. But the worst one for me um, was what happened over in Australia. Luke Antui, um, after the game, some real ugly scenes. Obviously, Australians take their sport very seriously, very passionate, and the fans sometimes overstep the mark. After the game, Luke Antui, is had a really tough week. I think his stepfather died yeah. in the early part of the week. There was some abuse directed at him. His younger sister was pushed by this Australian fan and there's a bit of pushing and shoving in the in just on the edge of the seats in the stands. so really ugly scenes um and he's come out and he said I'm not going to play for a while now I'm taking myself away from the game because that's just not on when when your family gets affected and things like that and I, it's always tough um for family and friends in the stands you know my mum and dad used to come watch every single game and I always said to them I said don't say anything about any players because you just don't know who's sitting around you my mum and dad always said to me it's really difficult when you're playing as badly as you play people are abusing you on the, in, the, in the crowd and it's hard to bite your lip but you have to um, so if you're a fan you know, don't get involved with slagging players off there's no way Luke and Tui's sister should be pushed by a fan Well, no no wonder it. he's flying to the crowd though. Yeah. so uh, really ugly scenes over in Australia and really tough times for, for him and his family Right. Thanks for that, Goody.
0: You're welcome. You are welcome. No, you're welcome. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at JimHamilton4. I mean, sorry, at the Rugby Pod at Andy 10 <laughs> Review us on iTunes, and thank you to all who've signed up for our new Superfans monthly subscription service as well. If you're interested in getting extra content every month, there's still time to get involved. So check out Patreon.com forward slash the Rugby Pod. Yeah. Woo! Rugby Pod. Pod. Pod.
1: Pod.